This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 306 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Kentucky Performance Products. You can find them at kppusa.com. And our listeners... Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop I am Glenn the Geek And I'm Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well Helena, you're on the road today I'm on the road. This is the first time I've ever done the show from the road. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I'm so, wow. I know I've done it in a car a few times. So, <laughs> you know, now you're actually driving, but we'll let everybody know you're hands free. You're legal, right? I'm hands free. I'm legal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And she is Which not is looking important. at show notes. We're, we're counting on me for that today. So, uh, everything's so good. It's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so you're heading across Connecticut uh, for a social engagement tonight, so that's good. A social slash business engagement, you know. In my world, in my world, everything all mixes together. Do you have to like wear heels and everything? Of course. Wow. Why else would I go? To get all dressed up. Well, that's good. I'm having a chasing a fox moment, yeah. <laughs> so what are you wearing? Well, yeah. the red carpet moment, what are you wearing tonight for your special dinner engagement? Well, here's the funny thing is I I am such a last-minute Lucy that I I packed three dresses. <laughs> one is black, one there. is blue, and one is pink. <laughs> and and honestly, I swear, I, I'm not kidding you, five pairs of shoes. Three dresses, five pairs of shoes, and I pretty much dumped my jewelry box into my overnight bag. It's good. Uh, it's good you're driving. <laughs> like, you wouldn't no, be able to fly with as much crap as you pack. You'd actually have to plan. I know. Well, you know, it's hard when you're a full-time mother. You have a full-time job. You got horses and animals at home, a small farm to run, and you have to escape for one night. You just—it's really hard. It is hard. It is hard. Well, good luck tonight. Have fun. Uh, and uh, Thank you. I know I'll look for pictures of you all dolled up on Facebook. Ah, uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> we'll see. You never know what's going to happen at these corporate events. <laughs> Sometimes they're really, really boring, and you have to drink a little extra wine to get through it. You know, and. Sometimes they're really, really fun, and you end up drinking a little extra wine. <laughs> Just because <laughs> they're sure fun. This is going. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a fun show planned for today while, while uh, Helena's on the road. We have Jessica Heideman coming on with us. 
she was a guest uh, back on June the 6th of 2013, Staple Scoop, episode number 251. We had her and her sister on. It was called the Heidemann Sisters. Uh, she, Jessica, we also know her, Helene and I do. We see her at every Ada. She is one of the models for Carrots, and she's an eventer and doing quite well this year. So we're going to check in with her and get an update. I thought, you know, we've been doing this show for six years now. We probably should go back to some of the guests we've had on before and get some updates because we've been doing it that long now that uh, yeah. uh, it's time to reconnect with some of these people. And Jessica's a friend of ours. We see her, as I said, at every Ada. She's absolutely lovely, and she's going to come on today and let us know how her life is going in the eventing world on the West Coast. I think she is actually driving today, too, when we talk to her to a show in Washington State or Oregon. We'll find out. She does a lot of traveling. I remember we, when we had her on last, we were talking about how much driving she does in her rig. Well, you know, when you live out west and you're doing events, they're, they're few and far between, so you're driving a long way each time. Yeah. We used to yeah. complain when Jennifer was showing that we'd have to get up early and drive three hours to get to an event. They drive 10, 12, 15 hours. Grace's Pony Club instructor uh, is from Minnesota, and they used, to do, they used to do 14 to 18 hours to go to a rally. Yeah, or show. That's, God. That's crazy. <laughs> I guess, you know what, it, you, what you save in cost of living out there, you spend on gas and a really nice rig. You know, that's right. That is true, because, you know, at the price of gas today, you're driving 14 hours at 10 miles to the gallon. That adds up pretty quick, too. Yeah. It all adds up. Well, we're going to have her on, and then uh, you and I are going to have a fun little chat. I fa- uh, Wendy sent this over to me from the driving radio show. She said, you guys have fun with this. It's a list of the 25 signs you spend too much time around horses. So mm-hmm. Helene and I are going to chat about that a little bit. And then coming up later in the show, we have a Tack and Habit segment, and we're going to get Cindy Hughes on, who has some really cool gifts. Uh, she has a company called Horse Lady Gifts, and it's jewelry and things, but she makes everything herself by hand. So mm-hmm. uh, some really, really pretty stuff. And we're going to get her on and, and talk to her about Horse Lady Gifts. You're going to love that segment. Uh, because- you know what? You know what? I like jewelry. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. You're going to like this stuff. Uh, so she does beautiful work. So we're going to get her on. We love we love highlighting you know people who are one man shows who do the art themselves. Uh, that makes it extra special and and something to really take a look at. So that's why we highlight so many of those in the tap and, tack and ha- habit segment is because you know it, they they deserve the extra highlighting you know because it is a lot of hard work. And you know what? Um, our our nation is actually starting to become, um, I don't want to say inundated, but there are a lot more people who are starting their own businesses or going into work for themselves because working for these corporate giants has proven to be very difficult. A lot of people got laid off, the economy tanked, all kinds of things happened, and a lot of people have gone into business for themselves. And, in fact, one of the, where I'm going tonight is um, a, it's a company that serves or works with the Small Business Administration to help small business owners get the money that they need to either start their businesses or to grow their businesses. And part of my work with them is really I'm discovering just how many small businesses there are and how challenging it is for a small business owner to get exposure just to get themselves out there in the big wide world, you know, of, of the United States and sometimes doing business globally. 
so I really think it's nice that we can take the tax and habit segment and add a little exposure to some of these small business owners in our particular industry. It's pretty cool. You know what it really, really excites me, too, is that uh, with, with people like Cindy we're going to have on today, they're actually, quote-unquote, I realize they're doing it themselves, or they may have one or two employees, but they're bringing manufacturing back to the United States. Uh, they're the only ones that are making anything here anymore. So I'm kind of excited about that, too. Well, coming up right now, we have our first guest. We have Jessica Heideman, as I said. She was on the show before. She's an inventor from the West Coast, and uh, from Cane Lake Stables. And we're going to get her on right now to chat a little bit about what's going on in her life and uh, how the eventing world is, is uh, what's going on out there in on the West Coast. Well, hi, Jessica. Welcome back to the show. Hi, it's good to be back. Well, Jessica, now before we get on to talking about horses and eventing, uh, I love following you on Facebook. You have the most you have the most interesting posts, and apparently you decided to take a few days off and go camping last week, and all I saw were pictures of you wrapped up in this blue sleeping bag looking like a Smurf. Uh, did you have any fun at all, or were you just freezing miserable the entire time? No, we had a blast. Um, that was a, a fun trip. It was a... Uh busy day. Um, it was for summer solstice. So on that Friday, I went to work and worked all day, rode a bunch of horses, left the barn at about five thirty, six o'clock at night and uh, drove to the base of the mountain with a bunch of other friends. Um, we got on the trail about seven o'clock at night, took about three hours to climb to the top of this mountain um, called Stewart Mountain. It's the local mountain. Uh, it's just under 3000 feet. And there's no trail getting to the top of the mountain, so we were bushwhacking. Oh um, <laughs> it was fun. Um, <laughs> got to the top of the mountain. <laughs> so great. Um, you could see all the lakes all around. You could see the ocean, uh, Bellingham Bay, and then you could see all the way down to Mount Rainier, which is uh, probably 150 miles um, south of where we were. It was really incredible. And we got up into the clearing in time to see the sunset, um, and then we lit a fire and sat around and enjoyed each other's company and went to bed and set an alarm for 4.45 the next morning um, so that we could watch the summer solstice sunrise, um, hence the photo of me still in my sleeping bag, just barely outside of my tent. Uh, that photo was probably taken at 5.05 in the morning. Um, but of course, since it's summer, we had a horse show that day. So watched the sunrise, had a little bit of breakfast and then packed everything up. So I was on the trail by 6.30 in the morning. Um, I back down, I was at the barn by 8.30, loaded up the horses and headed to a horse show. Holy cow, God bless you. <laughs> now, is solstice something that you celebrate every year? Because, I mean, it's a really special day. It's pretty awesome. Um, do you typically do this? No. Um, this is something that a girlfriend of mine was really excited about doing. She uh, has made some changes in her life and uh, bought a new house. And this new house just happens to be at the base of this mountain. And she sort of said, this is something that I would really like to do. And these are the people that I would really like to do it with. And so we said, okay, you, great. You watch, Helena. We're going to see Jessica at Burning Man next year. Uh, okay. 
I'm more with the climbing. We also uh, climbed Mount Baker about four weeks ago. Wow, look at you Um, go. So that was exciting. I'll tell you what. You're just an all-around girl. She's a model. She's an eventer. I mean, just just an all-around girl. Well, tell us. Well, it I sounds know. too like it sounds like there's there's no shortage of adventurous places to go out there. You know, no. The Pacific Northwest is really amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean that's it. Just kind of calls to you. Yeah, for sure. Well, now we were talking about the fact that you guys uh, a lot of times have to drive a little further the shows, and I know you're on the way to one now, and I've been following your... You're very happy with uh, your eventing season so far. Tell us about it. Yeah, so I would say, you know, one of the reasons that I'm so happy is that I am sitting on my homebred um, horse, and this is his six-year-old year. He is actually turning six on Saturday, Um, I kind of love his story. So in a nutshell, my uh, horse French twist, I took him to Rolex in 2004 and 2006 and did the World Cup in Sweden in 2005 with him. After Rolex 2006, I made the decision to retire him and I needed my next upper level horse. And I had a mare that I was competing at the two-star level who really was not loving dressage at all. Um, and so rather than try and make her do the advanced level dressage, went ahead and um, gave her a different lifestyle choice and ended up breeding her with the goal of breeding my next top. So we bred her and um, bred her the year after Rolex. And in 2008, um, Corey was born. His show name is Encore because he's an Encore to French Twist and even the two-star mare as well. Um, He was actually born on Craft Country Day of the horse show that we are headed to. Um, I was a rider. I was a rider rep for this show and I had to make the decision. We were packing the trailer on Thursday and I'm looking at the mare and I'm like, you are going to have this baby while I'm at this first show, aren't you? And so I finally made the call, told my poor students, I'm not going, called the show, said, I'm sorry, I can't be the rider rep. I'm not going to be at the show. And, um, and yeah, he was born on Cross Country Day, which I took to be a sign. His first horse show, recognized show, um, was last year at Beginner Novice at this same show. Um, and because this show runs their, used to run their beginner novice cross country on Friday, he ended up running cross country on his birthday last year. And now this year, uh, because he's going training level, he gets to run cross country again on his birthday. So he had a clear cross country round on his birthday last year, and I'm hoping for the same this year. And what, what, what are you, uh, what, what level are you at this year with him? So he's running training level this year. Training? Okay. Cool. So that means if my calculations are correct, in two years we'll see you at Rolex again. (laughs) He won't go up that fast, but I told told him that Rolex in uh, 2019 and the Olympics in 2020, that's my my long-term goal for him. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would put him about, what, 10 or 11, which is the right age for that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Make sure he's ready for it. And then, you know, the rest of the season has been going amazing. I have such a fantastic group of students this year. Um, you know, we just finished Aspen where I had eight 
uh, horses and riders and just everyone had a fantastic show. Everybody's really coming into their own and hitting that groove. Um, and I feel like the rest of the season is just going to keep going really strong. Our season just started. So um, Aspen was our group's first recognized event in our area. Um, now, and then we get to go through September. I was going to ask you that. How far, how far? So you really only have, what, four months of good eventing time? Yeah, it's June through September, um, or mid-May through September. Uh, but in some ways, it's nice. I was actually chatting with my student in the truck here that, you know, spring, um, sort of the end of winter and spring, we do a lot of schooling shows and a handful of clinics. And then summer, we get a really focused set of recognized shows. And then in the fall, we get to kind of move down from those recognized shows and either do a few more schooling shows or kind of look at where we want to be next year. And then in the winter, we get to have really focused training time to figure out where we're going to move up from there. Um, I've never been in this situation. (laughs) Exactly. And I've never been in a situation where I've had access to shows more often, so I can't necessarily say that that wouldn't be better. But this system has really worked for me in the past, and I like having those months where we really have no shows and no clinic options where you can stay at the farm and kind of break things before you fix them. Because anytime you start really working on something new or introducing a new concept, you tend to shake things up a little bit in your training. Um, before it solidifies again. Well, Jessica, now, uh, the other place we see you all the time is at, I was mentioning to everybody, the place we see you all the time is at uh, Ada. Are we going to see you at Ada again in in August? Absolutely. Um, I love doing the Ada trade show with Karis. Karis has been super supportive of me, um, and I've met so many amazing people and uh, made fantastic contacts. By getting to go to that trade show, uh, it's fun to see the new products and you know see what's going on in the world of of the horsey industry. And let's face it, every horse person would love to go to that particular trade show and wander around all day. Oh, oh I awesome. think it took me. I've been I've been going to that trade show for I want to say uh, the first year that I went was in 2006, and I think it took me three years of, you know, twice a year trade shows to finally feel like I had truly seen everything. It was, you know, a kid in the candy store. And that is true. I mean, it does take you that long. I mean, it takes all weekend, really, to get around there if you're if you're a buyer looking to buy. It does take all oh, weekend. For sure. And to time you stop to talk to people, you know, it's the next, next best thing to horse shows. It might even be better in terms of bringing the horse community together. I mean, it's definitely an industry trade show, but, um, you know, we don't really get to see each other or connect as a community. So the Ada show is great. You can actually have conversations with with people whose names you've seen and heard, and, you know, it's a really good place to connect. When you're at a horse show, you can do that, too, but you're kind of focused on, well, you know, showing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know, as a competitor and before, before I ever went to the trade shows, I actually did not understand uh, how the industry really does come together, you know, how these people really do talk to each other and um, 
there's just such a great camaraderie between all the businesses and, you know, people bouncing ideas back and forth and working together. And it, it's really cool to see it's something that, you know, I have no experience in, in industry um, and I just had no idea. It was and very I, interesting. I think people don't realize, too, how important the sponsors are to the professional riders. Uh, oh, absolutely. They're critical. Yeah, I mean, like you, you know, you you have that relationship with carrots, and I'm sure some others, and and those sponsorships, even if it's just product, it, it's money you don't have to spend on the product. It really is. Well, uh, and it's wonderful. It really helps you keep you going. Yeah, yeah it's wonderful having a relationship. Um, you know, I actually met um, Steuben, one of my sponsors, through the trade shows, and the trade shows, you know, offer me an opportunity to get to keep up with them. But just having a sponsor that has a product that you believe in that you can focus your energies in and have somebody to talk to. So, you know, whenever I go um, and talk to the people at Steuben, they're so knowledgeable about the saddles, but also about their bits. And I learn something every time I get to make that connection. Um, And having a company that you get to be very focused in sort of how you're learning and what you're learning. Otherwise, you get overwhelmed by everything that's out there, uh, oh. all the different you know, brands of products that are out there, trying to figure out what's best for you, your program, and your horse. Well, now, it's uh, true. It's it, true. You know, I spent some time um, at the trade show learning about bits or talking to a bit manufacturer, and um, y- you, your sponsorships are really more than just a company giving you product or funding some of your, your efforts. It is about a partnership with them. You can learn from them. You can connect with them. You can network with them. You can rely on them. Um, you know, in a sport like ours, you rely very heavily on the safety and performance of your equipment. I mean, you know, we're barrel assing down the countryside and on horseback. We kind of have to rely on our equipment. So, um, you know, other than like maybe skiing or hang gliding or something, you know, what other sport really does your life depend on the quality of your equipment. Um, even the yeah. apparel has to perform to that extent. So you you do develop these relationships with, with your sponsors. So I think that's a really important point to make um, for our listeners. If you yeah. Know. It's worth digging into the industry behind the sport. Well, and just the relationship being able to then also draw on their knowledge as competitors you know, end up a little bit jack of all trades. You know, I consider myself very well versed in veterinary care and farrier care and horse health and, you know, equipment and apparel and supplements. But of course, I'm not an expert in any of those things. So having somebody that you can turn to and ask those questions is just absolutely critical to the success of the program. Jessica, before we let you go, uh, what what's the heart? You're a professional trainer, rider. I mean, you're, you, you do it all. You run a barn along with your sister and everything. What's the hardest thing about being a professional in the, in the eventing world? Oh, boy. What's your biggest, um, what's your biggest challenge? Let's, let me reword that. Well, okay. Actually, that's relatively easy. In, in a season like this, my biggest challenge and something that I strive for and I push my students to strive for is a healthy balance in your life. So it's one of the reasons that I ski and hike and climb mountains. Um, it's so important to have a focus in your program 
but it's also so important sometimes to take a step back and, you know, really live and enjoy this world that we have around us. Um, and as a professional, it can be a trap sometimes to put your head down and soldier on and get stuck in the day-to-day goings-on of the barn, um, you know, whatever that might be. And, okay, I'm packing for another horse show and -and so-and-so is sick and who's going to take care of this while I'm gone? Um, You know, those things are critical. But if you never take a step back and take a breath and look at the whole picture, you run the risk of not enjoying what you're doing. Uh, And I think it's so important to just be so excited and thankful every time you walk into the barn. And every time you get on a horse to compete or get on a horse to train or get on a horse to go for a trail ride, you know, we're really lucky to be professionals in this sport and it's hard work, but you want to make sure that you have a balance where you stay thankful and stay feeling very lucky. Well, that's well said. And, uh, you know, it's true of any, I think it's true of anybody who has a passion for any sport or, or hobby or whatever, but it's more so for us because we have, we have those horses that are in the mix that need our care and attention too. So, you know, you could be a runner or a swimmer and you could be as obsessed with that particular sport, but you don't have that other thing that is also taking up your time and really does become consuming to the point where you're there 14 hours a day, seven days a week, and you're never doing anything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy place to slip into. And you have to, there's no way that you could ever do it yourself. You need to have a good support system because you do still have to take care of the animal. Right. Yep, that's true. Well, and that, that's going to tie in very uh, nicely to what Helene and I are talking about next, which is the 25 signs you spend too much time around horses. So that'll be <laughs> what's coming up next. We're going to let you go, Jessica. So have a great time this weekend. Good luck, and we'll be looking for the results on your Facebook page. And you guys have a website, too. What is that? KaneLakeStables.com. Uh, Kane is spelled Lake Stables. Very good. CaneLakeStables.com. Have fun, Jessica. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you so much, Glenn. All right. Take, take care. care. Bye-bye. Well, it's a hot one out there, and the heat wave has hit much of the United States and the rest of the world. Well, don't let dehydration and electrolyte imbalance sideline your horse. Summer Games electrolytes are formulated to replace both the electrolytes and the trace minerals that are lost when your horse sweats. Its concentrated formula allows you to easily feed the correct amount to meet your horse's changing needs. This uh, electrolyte was developed for the equine athletes at the 1996 Olympic Games in Atlanta. We all know that it can get hot in Atlanta. For horses on the go, use Summer Games Electrolyte Plus Paste. Each dose contains a serving of Nalox equine antacid for double the protection against stress. And, of course, you can find all of that at Kentucky Performance Products. They take out the confusion of choosing the right supplement. And you can find them at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Well, as we mentioned with Jessica, we have a list here we want to do. Dr. Wendy sent this over to Helena and I said, you guys got to talk about this in the show. So it's the, I don't know where she got it from, uh, off a website someplace. It's the 25 signs you spend too much time around horses. So let's see, (coughs) Helena, let's make this you. Let's see if, uh, let's go down and see how many of these you're guilty of. Okay. So what are you you setting me up for next year's booper reel, aren't you? Exactly. So 25, you are completely unfazed by the random 
random, inexplicable bruises covering your body. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how appropriate that that would be the first item on the list because, as you all know by now, I'm on my way to a corporate event, which is a fancy dinner for which I have a dress that is sleeveless. And this morning, what suddenly appeared on my left arm, as well as my right thigh, was a big, fat, purple, star-shaped bruise. <laughs> yes. One on the left arm and one on the right thigh. How'd you do that? <laughs> See, that's the thing I, about it. We never know how we get these. I come in and Jennifer says, where'd you get that big bruise? And I, I have no idea. You know, I'll tell you, the ones on my thighs, I think I get them from the handles on the wheelbarrow. Yes. And you know what else, too? If the wheelbarrow, sometimes you hit a hole or something. And I have yep. my shins are all banged up from hitting the wheelbarrow. When I hit a hole, it stops dead and I don't. Uh, ugh, we've, we've all done that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so all right. So, well, we're both guilty of 25. 24, if a horse has a slight limp or temperature or cut, you call the vet immediately. However, you could have broken a limb and still justify avoiding a trip to the doctor. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> that one doesn't. We're all guilty of that. Yes, I would say I don't call the vet immediately anymore because now I have a first aid kit that's fairly well stocked, but I run right for it the minute I see a scrape. But boy, you you uh, you break your foot, it's going to be three days till you go to the hospital. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm fine. Just somebody give me a leg up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, and your hair, just consider it a deconstructed hat. We always got hay over here. Uh, you know, we've had that discussion before about the strange and unusual places we find hay. We've had that yes. discussion before. You don't own a pair of jeans that isn't stained from dirt, horse snot, hoof oil, poultice, or other barn debris. Now, are you like me where you go to the store and you say, okay, I've destroyed everything else. I'm going to buy a, a set of good clothes that I only, or good shoes, especially sneakers and stuff like that, that I'm only going to use to go out. I'm not going to use it around the barn. And then invariably you're out, you, you forget about it. You go out to the barn with that set of clothes on and then you go, oh, damn, I got my good clothes on, but I'm too lazy to go back in the house and change. I'll keep it clean today. And then you, you end up destroying it. I do it every time. I don't even shop at my stores anymore. I just go to Old Navy. <laughs> I spend $12 on my clothes, everything. You're is that $12? Than, I'll take it. You're better than uh, Jennifer, whose who's Goodwill is her friend. She's, or Goodwill, but yes, yeah. Well, they have this really good Salvation Army store, but it's like two hours away, so I can't go there. So I go to Old Navy <laughs> or Kmart because I, like, I just went to Old Navy with Grace, and I got... Two pairs of flip-flops. They were $3.95 a pair. Okay? These are my fancy shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Because we know we're going to destroy them. (laughs) Because I break that big, fat rule of not wearing open-toed shoes in the barn. I go and I see dinner every night in my flip-flops. Isn't that awful? Wendy I has do. corrupted you and Jennifer because Jennifer's doing that now too, and that is so unpony club approved. <laughs> it's like... I, oh, I know. Grace tells me all the time. She's like, "Mom, that's not right. That's not safe." <laughs> I'm like, "Shut up, kid." Don't do it, people. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, Don't do. It. I have wait, but just so this is the disclaimer. I have one horse who I don't even have to go near him in order to feed him. So <laughs> I could just stand in my grass and throw hay over. The, I don't even have to give my horse hay. We have. Oh, that's a whole nother show. He's fat. 
You use your horse brush on yourself if you have to go someplace quick and you're out in the barn. I mean, every horse girl's done that, right? Um, no. But you haven't done that one? I, I can't use a brush on my hair. Oh, okay. But, but, that, but I do uh, use my horse's show sheen all the time. <laughs> In fact, I'm on the highway, and before I, like, before I actually got on the highway, I was Google mapping tax stores because I have this event tonight, and I need a bottle of show sheen for my hair. <laughs> I have to find a tax store between here and the and the country club so that I can find show sheets for my hair. How about this one? Some people drool over cars and luxury yachts. You dream about that awesome six horse gooseneck trailer with the built in bathroom. Yep, that's me. <laughs> that's all of us, I think. We all look at those goosenecks and want one. The Western yeah. people seem to have the nicest damn trailers. Ugh, they seem. Yeah, they have to. We were talking about that. They yeah. have to drive the farthest. I know that's true, and and they have the nicest living quarters. Ugh, they have the nicest trailers. Your best friends know that you are not to get married or throw important parties on the following days: Kentucky Derby, Preakness, Belmont Breeders' Cup, or any other important horse show. And that is so true. And, and or coming up, the World Equestrian Games. Nothing will happen at the end of August. They understand that you won't attend their parties That's if right. they have them on those days. <laughs> that is true. Or your horse is yep. colicking, or you, he just needs a bath. Whatever it is involving your horse, you're not going to be there. You know what gets me out of stuff I don't want to do all the time? My horse has this really uncanny way of, oh, you know what? I'm not going to say it because I'll jinx myself. I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Now, how many of you carry around in your wallet pictures of your horse and don't even have a current picture of your child? That's a true horse person who spends too much time around horses. Well, I don't have a... I mean, I don't have, nobody carries pictures in their wallets anymore. It's their well, that is true. That is true. You know, that probably... We can throw that one out the window now. It's, uh, it's fun. But I would say... The number of photographs that people have on their phones of their kids compared to their horses or videos. <laughs> Look at my horse go. Look at my horse go. You, you watch every horse-related movie that comes out but spend the entire movie complaining to friends about, oh, my God, he is leading that horse from the wrong side. It, that's not how it's done. <laughs> we, we do yep. that all the time. <laughs> yep. We do that all the time. Seventy percent of your Facebook friends' horses profile or your, your Facebook friends' profile pictures are of their horse or another animal. Ninety percent. Yeah, exactly. Of my Facebook <laughs> exactly. friends. You know, it's funny because we have all these people that follow us on Facebook for our shows and stuff. And I go look at their Facebook pages, and because I, I want to see what they look like, I can't find a picture of them anywhere. It's oh, just, I know. <laughs> I don't know what it is about horse people, but I don't know if they're uh, embarrassed or, you know, not self-confident at all, but there's never a picture of them. It's always of their horses. Well, because we take too many pictures of our horses, and if there ever is a photo opportunity, we're usually dirty with hay in our hair. That's Once true. we get your picture taken. <laughs> now, I will ask you this. This is the next one. Uh, <laughs> pretty manicured nails are not done by horse people. So are your nails pretty and manicured for tonight's party? So here's a funny story. I did my nails last night. Now, my nails are short. I, there's no way I could ever have long nails. So they're short, but they're neat. Um, and then I did my barn this morning, and I had to do my nails again. <laughs> <laughs> See? So uh, uh, I, 
I, I buy a lot of nail polish because I keep trying. <laughs> Here's a good one. You will actively avoid doing laundry to the point that you're wearing your bathing suit under your clothes, but every barn chore is done daily with a smile on your face. I can so tell you, being true. a horse husband, that that one is true. If I didn't do the wash, I'm not sure it'd ever get done. Um, I can tell you that I have worn my bathing suit bottoms under my clothes because I will not. I haven't done my laundry, but my girths are clean, my saddle pads are clean, and my fly sheets sparkle. <laughs> I think that's so I, I, And true. my kid, my kid wears her bathing suit too. I'm like, yeah, mommy will do your laundry like next week sometime. And and your horse's buckets are really clean. They've just been scrubbed out, but your dish is your your uh, kitchen sink is full of dirty dishes. That used to be true for me, but now I'm 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 trying to turn over a new leaf and keep my kitchen as clean as possible, as clean as my barn. You're always kind. Of, you've always been kind of a little bit of a neat freak, anyway. So I mean that one. Yeah. Well, I was so living in the chaos that I used to live in was very troubling. And so it was nice to be able to keep. And I think, honestly, this is a serious moment. I think a lot of people go out to the barn, their barn, and sweep it and keep it clean because really they're the only ones who go out there and it can stay clean. When you, you know, you live at home and you have kids and husbands and all that stuff, it's hard to keep keep things clean when you're not the only one. There. How about how about this one? And this is going to happen to you tonight. If you ever if you meet another horse crazy person at a party, that is your new best friend for the night, and you're not talking to anyone else. And that is so. Oh true. yeah, oh <laughs> that yeah. Is so you know, true. wait, and I'll help you. How about when you're in the hospital and you're in labor and you're about to give birth to your first child, and the anesthesiologist comes in and she's a <clears throat> Morgan person. Oh. Oh, <laughs> let's talk. Come over here with that needle, Morgan lady. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I said to her, I said, okay, so give me the skinny. Give me the real scoop. Is having a baby, does, does having a baby hurt worse than getting dumped off your horse? <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of confidence there. <laughs> so we talked. We got, like, literally, we chatted through almost my entire labor. <laughs> How about this? You know your horse crazy when you're the worst smelling person at the grocery store. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, that is so I don't know. true. Do you ever go to the grocery store and worry about smelling bad? No, but I, but, but you are the worst smelling smelling person there. No doubt about it. You've just cleaned the That's barn true. and you go to the grocery store. You're the worst person. You're the worst one there. I uh, I and you love your life and would trade places with anyone in the world. And that is true of most horse people, too. Not in a million years. That's right. That's I am why grateful for every dirty, smelly, hay-filled second I have. Guess what I have to do next? I have to go clean the paddocks So with my... <laughs> with my with my flex and fork. So that's what my next chore is. So I'm going to be flex getting all fork. smelly next. Well, uh, we are going to head off now to our Tack and Habit segment. Habit segment is sponsored by Sparkle and Boom, a new media marketing company for small businesses. Find your sparkle, get some boom. Find us online at sparkleandboom.com. 
And of course, uh, we try and bring you something new and different every week on the Tack and Habit segment. This week, we have some beautiful handmade jewelry done by a lady by the name of Cindy Hughes, who is going to tell us all about it. It's called Horse Lady Gifts. Well, hi, Cindy. Welcome to the show. Hello. Tell us about Horse Lady Gifts. What do you do there, and what kind of stuff do you make? Okay, I make uh, all kinds of jewelry that has horses on it. I also do some dogs. Um, I make everything myself. I've sort of married my passion for horses with my passion for uh, art and jewelry. I've been making jewelry uh, for the souvenir and corporate logo world for about 40 years, and this is this is my thing. So it's, I'm not coming out from nowhere. But um, I make everything in pewter. I, I love to work pewter because it's it's affordable for everybody, and you can wear it riding. You can wear it dressy. It, it, it's just really a nice metal. It's also flexible and somewhat flexible, so you could put a cuff bracelet on and squeeze it to make it fit your wrist custom. And, uh, of course, I do a lot of my own photography for the horses that I, I draw and sculpt. Now, the, the, cuff, the, the cuffs that you were just talking about, the cuff bracelets, they're really popular right now, especially the big fat ones like you make. Yes, they really are. It's a hot item, and also... Uh, the large gorgettes are, are very popular right now, too. You, you know, the, the wide uh, collar type of necklace that you wear up close on the neck mm-hmm. is called a gorgette. I don't know if everybody knows that term. A gorgette. I love you for saying that out loud to all of our listeners. <laughs> oh, so yes, not everybody knows that, to pronounce it gorgette. But um, anyhow, it gives you a nice big working space to be creative, and I like that. Yeah, and so big is in, chunky is in. How do you, um, do you have a particular style that finds its way into your jewelry, or do you try to appeal to what people are buying? Two main styles. I I do my own photography, as I said, and I do drawings that are, are engraverly style. They look like old engravings, and some of those I set into my sculptural or, or flat engraved two-level um, type of jewelry. So you can get a broad range of more detailed things. And then also I sculpt a lot of my jewelry out of clay first and then make a mold of it and pour it in the tin and, and form it. Uh, you know, the Give one... me an example. Wait, what, 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 okay. what, kind of, what would you sculpt first? What kind of piece of jewelry would you do? Well, I have to start with a a blank for, say, a cuff bracelet, which would be a shape. And then I would lay out my drawing, just a simple line drawing like a map of what I'm going to sculpt. And I have information, photographs in front of me to sculpt from. And I I sculpt by hand. I use little dental tools uh, to hand, hand sculpt the clay. And when I get it cast in metal, I'll go back in and do some more work on it with some drill type, like a Fordham drill, or you might call it a Dremel drill type of work uh, to do a little more finer detail on the hard metal, and then polish it up, mold it again before I cast the finished product. This is really truly handcrafted 
pieces. And when you see oh, it... Oh, yeah, absolutely handcrafted. <laughs> yeah, and when you see it, it's very intricate. And the other thing about it is when I looked at this jewelry at the first place, I normally, and I've been to a lot of trade shows, we were just talking about that with our last guest, actually, where Helene and I have been to a lot of trade shows together where we, if we would see this stuff, it would, we, you would picture it being 150 to $200 a piece. And oh, well, thank you. <laughs> it isn't. Helena, this stuff is all around 30 bucks. I mean, the ones I'm looking at here, uh, there are some that go up to 72, some of them more intricate, but, you know, most of what I'm seeing is what, around 30 bucks? Right, right. Well, the, the 72, those are sets, uh, like the coaster sets where I say I put a drawing uh, in, which where I coat the drawing and then set it into the uh, pewter casting for, say, a set of wine coasters. And uh, I think that's what you're probably yep. seeing at 72. Yeah, but everything else is is very very affordable. Right, and I do I do some wholesale business as well, quite a bit of wholesale. As I say, I came from the uh, more corporate logo type and souvenir business. But I've, yeah, I've been riding horses since I was a kid. I've been drawing horses since I was a kid, and it's just been a natural marriage. Uh, now that I don't have to do corporate logos anymore, <laughs> which I really did not enjoy doing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is It is neat stuff. There's anything from Arabs to quarter horses to driving horses to uh, uh, Mustangs. I mean, you, you, you cover it all. And Helene and I have talked about on this show before how hard it is to do horses correctly. And yeah. you can tell when a horse person does uh, something with horses an artist, and when a non-horse artist uh, does something with horses, you can tell with your your art here that you are a horse person. Oh, yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, you can, and, and I can tell other people that, that are doing jewelry that aren't, but um, <clears throat> I try to, um, you know, as you say, the breeds, I try to cover most of the breeds that are distinct enough to reduce down that small, whereas, say, the thoroughbreds, which is my favorite breed, and the warm bloods, it's more, uh, yeah, more, I use them more on, on the sports that they participate in because you can't, like a, an Arabian face, nobody can mistake a dish face for an Arabian. The Frasian is easy to do because he's so distinct, too, right. as a breed. So and I know some people ask for other breeds uh, of me, but they're not, uh, it's more, it's easier to describe them by their sport rather than by their feature when you come down to, say, an inch in size. And, uh, Helena, she does have some hunting ones here as well. I can't wait to log on or (laughs) show that up. (laughs) I do have fox hunting. I have all the western rider sports. Um, I've even got birds and dogs and (laughs) other things as well that are sort of around the horsey country life. Well, we're going to post links to it in our show notes. It's Horse Lady Gifts, and if you, uh, and you're also on Facebook, correct? Yes, Facebook and uh, on my website. Yep, and you have an Etsy site to uh, to sell your products. And as I said, this is very affordable, terrific birthday gifts, terrific prizes. Actually, for horse shows, uh, they'd be wonderful. Yes, a lot of people use them for prizes. Uh, the wine coasters are a great um, unisex gift. Or prize. Yeah, th- these are uh, great stuff. Check them out uh, on our Facebook page at stablescoop.com or just head over to Facebook and search for Horse Lady Gifts and you'll find her Facebook page as well. Thank you, Cindy. Great work. Thank, Thank you. you.
Well, that's it. Helena's getting to her location, and we have to wrap up the show for this week. I wanted to remind everybody to get the app. You can listen while you're in your car. Like Helena, you could listen to all of our shows just by downloading the free app. It's at iOS or Android, and just search for Horse Radio Network. I also want to thank all of our listeners and all of our auditors who pay a couple dollars a month to, to help support the show. Uh, I wanted to thank you all, and I didn't even told Helena this yet. In the month of May, five of the shows broke records uh, for listeners and downloads, including Stable Scoop. So we, uh, we were actually up 20% in the month of May, and I think that uh, directly results from, from the app really getting out there and getting popular. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, thank you to all our listeners. Yay! Thank you so much for listening from all around the world. We have now had 32 different countries download our app, uh, so take a listen to that. If you would like to become an auditor or find out more about that for as little as a dollar a month, head on over to StableScoop.com, and right in the middle of the page is a great big banner there. You can find Helena at SparkleAndBoom.com. Or Chasing a Fox on Facebook. Just search for Chasing a Fox. That's it for this week, everybody. Have fun tonight at the party, Helena. Thank you. I'll be back next week with a full report. Until then, happy scooping.